Amen. Thank you for that. Glad you're here today. Glad you made the effort to join us. I always want to encourage you, be sure and invite somebody, text somebody uh, every single week. Next week, we will not meet. Uh, Be sure and take note of that. Next week, we're going to be off on Thursday. Uh, I'm going to be in a pagan land. I'm going to be in College Station uh, watching my daughter play tennis. And so uh, we'll miss next week, but I want to encourage you the next week after that, be planning on it, be prepared uh, to bring somebody with you as we get started. Today's going to be the last of our Bible-driven man uh, series. If you know, uh, since January, we started looking at some very specific subjects that we face, that we deal with as men, and then what the Bible says about those subjects. And it seems crazy that it's already uh, coming up in the middle of May, but we started that in January. Uh, We've looked at, remember when we started, where we take our cues from as men, that today we look a lot of times to the culture around us. A lot of times we look to our friends, to our peers. Sometimes we look to ourselves and our own understanding. And then we talked about, really for several weeks, why we go to the Bible. And that's where we go to as followers of Christ. Why we go to the Bible. What is the Bible? How can we understand that we can trust the Bible and, and the truth that the Bible is our source as men trying to live as followers of Jesus Christ. And that's where we started. Uh, Some of the subjects we passed through, we talked about our purpose as men, according to the Bible, what success looks like as men, our work, really our work ethic. We we spent a week talking about that. Uh, Our associates, the people that we run around with and how that impacts our life, what the Bible says about that. Talked about a very relevant subject, our eyes, uh, what we look at, how that impacts our hearts and who we are as Christians. Talked about our relationship to the church, that God built us uh, to be in a church and to grow in a church and to serve a church, that you're necessary in the life of a church. We also talked about one week, our witness, uh, the truth that you are a witness and you're a witness to something and we are commanded and we're led to be witnesses of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Then if you remember the last few weeks, we've talked about our homes, really a, a very relevant subject, a very needed subject, uh, our relationship to our wives, what we're supposed to be in our marriage relationship, and then last week, our relationship with our kids. Well, coming through all of that, a few more subjects as well, we now come to the end, and the final question is this, and really it's a pretty good question for us to evaluate, and if you're here today and you're 90 years old, or if you're 60 years old, or if you're 20 years old, a very good question for us to evaluate today. The final question of all of this is this. What will your legacy be? What will your legacy be? Now, I want you to think about something with me, if you will, uh, and, and, and just think to yourself here. Your great-grandfather, your great-grandfather, I want you to think about your great-grandfather. Do you know his name? Do you know where he lived? Do you know what he was like? Do you know what your great-granddad was like? Do you know maybe what his favorite food was? Do you know what the things that he enjoyed to do? What do you know about your great-grandfather? All right, from there, let's back it up one generation. Your great-great-granddaddy. Your great-great-granddad, do you know his name? Do you know where he lived? Do you know what he did, what his job was? Do you know what he liked? Do you know what his favorite food was? Do you know what he enjoyed to do? And then go back one more generation. Your great-great-great-granddad. Four generations removed, not that far. Do you even know his name? 
And I wonder if we were to take a survey, do you, do you even know his name? Where did he live? What did he do? Here's the truth. Unless Jesus comes again, listen very carefully, you will die. And I'll just tell you, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what age you are sitting here. Some of us, uh, it may be earlier. Some of us, it may be in an accident. Some of us may be to some terrible sickness. Some of us may live to be a, an old age. But you will die, and you, they will have your funeral. And at your funeral, there will be words that are spoken. And then that casket will be closed. And they'll drive it out somewhere, and they'll place it in a grave. And then life will go on. You know what? That afternoon, people are going to eat supper. That night, they're going to watch the news on TV. The next morning, they're going to get up, and their hearts may be sad. They may miss you, but you know what? They're going to go to work. They're going to go to the bank. They're going to check their mail, and life is going to go on. Here's the question. What will be the result of your having lived? What is going to be the fruit of your life? And really, a, a tremendous question. Will your life have mattered? Will your life have made a difference in the scheme of things? Will your life have mattered? In two or three generations, will anyone even remember or even care that you lived? I read about people, maybe when you travel around, you see the same thing. I, I read about people and they give great sums of money, sometimes millions of dollars uh, to put their names on some hospital wing and you go and there's a fancy plaque out front or, or maybe some building at a university and that's the, that's the Smith building or the Anderson building or, or maybe if they're really rich, they'll, they'll give a T. Boone Pickens $100 million and they'll build a, a sports stadium with his name on it. All of those folks are hoping that somehow somebody later down the line is gonna remember them. Here's a pretty big question. What is your legacy gonna be? What is your legacy going to be? Well, today I want to give you three questions to help you evaluate your legacy, uh, really to see the fruit of your life. Now, the world may have all sorts of ideas, all sorts of standards, and the world will say, you know what, how did you do in this area, and what did you do in this area, and, and did you do good things over here? The world's going to have all sorts of standards, but I believe it really comes down to, to only these three questions. And so we could look at all those things, but I think it really comes down biblically to these three questions. And, and here, here are the questions. First question is this. Did you know Christ? That's the first question. Did you know Christ? Now I'll just tell you, if, if your answer is no, your legacy has already ended. Your life has borne no lasting, no true fruit, and your life has been for nothing. Man, that's, that's pretty hard, isn't it? That's a pretty, that's a pretty strong stance. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, it says, It is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes the judgment. Listen, you're going to die. After you die, you're going to face a righteous and holy Savior, our God, and you're going to face a judgment. Your only hope, your only hope is, is the hope that you've put your faith, your trust in a Savior, the remedy for sin, Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you, on that day, nothing else will matter. Nothing else will matter. Companies that you've built, good deeds that you've done, all the good deeds you've done, the reputation that you stacked up, all of it will mean nothing on that day if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. First question is this, and man, I just want to shout it. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ? 
He lived a, a life of no sin. He died on a cross paying my penalty, your penalty for sin. He has risen from the dead. He lives today. Do you know Jesus Christ? First big question. Did you know Christ? Second question. Did you lead others to Christ? Now, I want you to follow with me here. Be very sure today, only what is eternal is going to, to, to outlive the grave. Only what is, what is eternal is going to matter past the cemetery, past the grave. And the greatest thing that you can do of any eternal value is to lead people to Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to follow that flow. Listen, only what's eternal is going to matter. Only what's eternal is going to last. And the greatest thing that you can do with an eternal value is to lead people to Jesus Christ. Men, the greatest victory will be for you to get to heaven and for you to find people there that you had a hand in leading to finding Jesus Christ. What could be better than that? What if you win all the Super Bowls? What if you stack up all the money? What if you have all the success? What could be better than walking into heaven and finding people residing there by their faith in Jesus Christ that you had a hand in them finding Jesus? What could be, listen, more God-glorifying than to be so astounded by his grace and his love that in these years that we're still breathing that you just couldn't contain yourself, you just couldn't help yourself, you were so blown away by his grace and his forgiveness and the salvation that he offers that you had to tell other people about Jesus Christ. What could bring God more glory that you were so enamored with the grace of God that you had to tell people about Jesus? I'm gonna have to be honest with you here. The terrible truth is this. Most of us don't even know that's a thing. Most of us don't even wake up thinking that that's a possibility in this day. Most of us get up and we've got bills to pay and things to do and stuff to check off and fun to have and things we're gonna chase after and we wake up and we don't know the day has the potential for you to do something that's gonna last into eternity, something that's gonna matter for all eternity that you can lead people to Jesus Christ. One of the cool things in Scripture is to be able to read the letters of Paul and to be able to read where Paul says, Timothy, my true son in, in, the, in the Lord. He's basically saying, Timothy, who I led to Christ. Titus, who I led to Christ. Lydia and her whole family, who I led to Christ. The jailer and his whole family, who I led to Christ. Being able to, to, to take joy in having people's eternities changed in the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me say this. If you want to leave a God-glorifying legacy that outweighs the legacy of Carnegie, you know how many libraries have his name on it? If you want to leave a, a, a legacy that matters more than Rockefeller, you know how many buildings in every city, the, the Rockefeller City and the Rockefeller Library and the Rockefeller Museum of whatever and whatnot. Listen, if you want to leave a legacy that outweighs all of that, lead people to Jesus Christ. Did you know Christ? Did you lead others to know Christ? And the third question is this. Did you leave a foundation that others can?
can build on. You see, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a pretty awesome thing. We, we're tied to the next generation, which is tied to the next generation, which is tied to the generation, hopefully one of us, when, when Jesus comes back. Did you leave a foundation for others to be able to build on? The truth is this. Others are going to come behind you, and, and I'm talking about your life, and you will, have, you will have left a foundation. You're leaving a foundation and you have left a foundation either that's going to crumble and that's going to erode and ultimately is going to wash away. And you know what? It may not even take three generations. It may not take two generations. But the foundation that you left there is not going to matter. Or you will leave a foundation that is sure and that is solid. And when the storms of life come, it will stand. And those folks that come after you and the next generation, the next generation, they will be able to build upon that foundation. Your kids, your grandkids, maybe someday your great-grandkids. More than that, on a bigger picture, the next generation, the next generations coming after that. Listen, they're going to need a foundation to stand upon. They're going to need a, a foundation to build upon. They're going to be looking for this foundation. Look at the world today. Nothing is set in stone. Nothing that we thought would last, lasts. They're going to look for the foundation. Tell me where I can invest my life. Tell me where it's going to matter. Show me the foundation. And you can lay that foundation. The Bible says the foundation is the word of God. Men, the fruit of your life can be to say and to show and to teach this is the word of God. And it is sure and it is true and it is trustworthy. And in this book, we find the words of life. In this book, we find the, the Savior for sin, Jesus. And this is the word of God. And you can depend upon the word of God. And when those that come after you find a day that they can't find their way, when the culture's gone a different direction, when the things of life make no sense, when their backs are up against the wall and their hearts are broken, they can remember their daddy or their granddaddy that he had that Bible that laid open across his lap and he trusted in the word of God and they can go to that foundation. You can lay that foundation. When my dad was getting down to the end, he was sick for about 10 years. When he was getting down to the end, he wanted to leave some things that we could remember him by. And I don't know, nostalgia, something inside of him, he wanted to leave some things uh, that we could remember him by. And he, for some reason, he wanted to buy all of his grandsons a, a pair of boots. And there's a picture of, of these little boys sitting there with boots. He wanted to buy his granddaughters a piece of jewelry and thought someday, you know what, they'll get married and they'll have little kids and they can say, you know what, I had a granddaddy and he gave me this piece of jewelry. And there's a picture of his little granddaughter sitting there with these pieces of jewelry. As a kid, the top drawer of his dresser in his bedroom, he had a stack, a little stack of silver dollars. They were from the early 1900s. Walking Liberty silver dollars about 1909, 1912, 1915, something like that. And they were wrapped in these strips of cloth. They were actually torn up bed sheets. And they came from my grandparents and they, they were wrapped these, these silver dollars in these, in these strips of cloth and his dad, my granddad, had given them to him. 
And, and he had these in that top drawer. And as a kid, uh, we would we'd sometimes push a chair up to the dresser and we'd open up his dresser and they'd be out somewhere else. And we'd, we'd pull that stack of coins out and we'd unwrap them and we'd look at them. We'd look at the dates on them. And then we'd try to wrap them up just like we found them and put the rubber band back on them. We'd put them back on that top drawer. Um, every so often we, we would do that as, as, as I was growing up, put them back in that drawer. One day in, the, in his last year, I came into his house. He's sitting there in his, his chair, and he's pretty, pretty daggum sick. And there by his chair was that stack of coins wrapped in those bed sheets with a rubber band around it. And he said, here, I, I want to give you these to you. And as soon as he said that, I knew what they were. I recognized them. He gave me those coins. Let me tell you this. I love those coins. I, I, wouldn't take, I wouldn't take a million dollars for any one of those coins. I wouldn't take, if you came and said, I've got a million dollars, I wouldn't take a million dollars for those coins. Let me tell you this, what he would never know and what I plan to tell him is the greatest thing he ever gave me wasn't those coins. In fact, the greatest thing he ever gave me wasn't any of those things. The greatest thing my dad ever did was lead me to a faith in Jesus Christ, and my dad did that. The greatest thing my dad ever gave me was a faith in Jesus Christ. The second greatest thing my dad ever gave me was the trust in the Word of God, that he would sit there at his kitchen table with it open and he would, he would read the word of God. The second greatest thing he ever gave me was a trust in the word of God. That's the legacy I want. You can have all the other stuff. That's the legacy I want. Here's, here's the question today. Do you know Jesus Christ? Listen, I'm not playing games. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not so, well, yes, I've... Listen, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you personally recognize him as your only hope, your Lord and Savior? Nothing else is gonna matter. Do you know Jesus Christ? If you don't listen, you find me when this is over, we'll settle it. Do you know Jesus Christ? Second thing is this. Are you leading people to Jesus? Nothing else will matter. Nothing else glorifies God as much. Are you leading people to Jesus Christ? And the last question, are you leaving a foundation that others can build upon? You know what? Someday if, if Jesus hasn't come back, and I think he's coming back pretty soon, I, I pray for, for my sons to have sons. And they might be able to say, you know what? Look at this coin. My, my great, great granddaddy, his name was this, and this was his coin. But more than that, I want him to be able to say, you know what? This is my Savior, and this is how I know him, and this is the book where we found him the word of God. Are you laying a foundation that others can build upon? What is your legacy? I'm gonna ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come today and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a hope that stands, a legacy not built on anything I could do. Lord, we're sinners. We're a mess. We mess it up. We mess up. But I'm thankful for forgiveness. I'm thankful for new starts. I'm thankful for restoration with the Holy God. I'm thankful for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray first off that, that if we don't know him, anybody here, that today would be the day we put our, our faith, our trust in a reigning, ruling king, Jesus. And I pray that the fruit of this day with some folks would find Jesus, some of these men. 
And Lord, I, I pray that those of us here that know you, that know Christ, I pray that today we would understand all of this stuff will pass away. They won't remember, remember most of it in 20 years. But what will last are the people that we've led to Christ. I pray we wouldn't think this is a, a preacher's job or a, a church's job or somebody else's job, but we couldn't help but be so excited about the grace of God that we would tell folks about Christ. I pray for the men in this room. Lord, if we would just lead people to Christ, a revival would start. You know that right in this room. Help us lead people to Jesus Christ. And then I pray on top of all of that that we would set a foundation that when the sorry, messed up culture came and tried to twist it, tried to turn it, tried to jerk it out from beneath those that are coming after us, that the truth would stand. Lord, help us lay that foundation. Lord, I'm thankful for the foundation I have. I'm thankful for my dad. I pray that I would be such a man. I pray that we would be men of a godly character. But most of all, I pray that you are known, that you are glorified, and that it is the legacy of my Savior, Jesus Christ, the world stands and points to. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.